Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 657. Deliver more than asked for and deliver it on time. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Tom Glatch. Hey, Tom, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Let's let her rip. All right. Tom Glatch is an automotive photographer and author whose new book is titled The Complete Book of American Muscle Supercars. In 1983, he wrote his first article for Circle Track Magazine, then a Peterson publication. He's written many stories on numerous subjects, including vintage racing, and shot photographs for calendars and magazines, including Collectible Automobile to the Pontiac Enthusiast. He still works for the same Fortune 500 company that hired him out of high school way back in 1974, and he's currently in the Global Supply Chain Group as a data and systems analyst. His latest book, published by Motor Books, is his first and covers American muscle cars, including the Yanko, the Shelby, Baldwin Motion, Grand Spalding, Saline, Callaway, and many others. And one lucky subscriber is going to win a copy of this awesome book, Compliments of Tom and Motor Books. So listen at the end so you can learn how you can be eligible to win a copy of this book. So Tom, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment share a little bit more about your career a little bit about this book. We'll be talking about it more later on. And, of course, your passion for automobiles. Well, basically, I've been a car-crazy kid since, since I was about four years old. And I've always been good at writing. English in high school and it was always an easy thing for me. So that part of it came naturally. And then in about 1976, I bought my first camera. And that kind of opened my eyes to another way of communicating so uh, from there, it just got crazy. Um, <laughs> I went from shooting an East German Praktika camera to a Canon AE-1 to starting to shoot in 4x5. And originally, it was landscapes. But then I turned to my first love, which was cars. Then in 1983, I just decided to put the two together and see what would happen. Uh, the company I worked for went on strike for three months. And rather than stand around with a picket sign, I decided to go and head out west and start doing some articles. And lo and behold, the first one I did, which was for Peterson's Circle Track, as you mentioned, sold. 
and cool. sold for a pretty nice price. Yeah. <laughs> and um, really, the, the rest is history. It just uh, kind of took off from there. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, when you can figure out a way to wrap your passion into something you do that you get paid for, uh, you know, it's it's even better. And I find it really interesting that you, you've worked your whole life in this one career, but you figured out a way to wrap that passion for cars into all the extra things that you're doing. And, and like you said on the side, earn, earn a little bit of extra money. And now, of course, with this first book of yours, which is a fabulous first effort, my gosh, looking through this, I would never think this is your first book. Bravo for that. And we're going to learn some more about that. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Tom, take the wheel. Well, it's pretty simple. It's deliver more than asked for and deliver it on time. <laughs> Wonderful. It, well, it, apparently in, in the automotive publishing business, it's rare. Mm. So, uh, But I've, in over 30 years of doing this, I've never missed a deadline. And I've always tried to deliver more than what the editors asked for. If it's just a simple story, I'll add charts and graphs and specs and things like that. I'd rather give them too much information too much material, and then have them whittle it down, then give them not enough, and then have them scrambling at deadline to try to make a magazine or a book. Yeah, you know, it's such a simple concept, under-promise, over-deliver, if you will, in a, in a little different way to voice it, but it's such a simple idea for businesses to do, and so few businesses do it. And when you're in a restaurant or you get something from a service provider, like a guy who comes to your house and does something and does that little bit extra, you never forget that, do you? No, absolutely. And, and the other thing in this business is the editors and the publishers are not the enemy. In fact, they're supposed to be your, they really are your friends. They're, they're asking you for something. You're doing them, I guess, a favor by delivering it properly and on time. Right. So I've always looked at them as a partnership rather than this this battle that some people seem to think they have with with these people you know deadlines are not arbitrary they have production schedules right and and um again be their friend and help them out in any, any way possible because loyalty and friendship does pay dividends oh gosh it always has yeah it always does i worked for over 25 years in the direct mail catalog business and i always took pride in the fact that we always got our artwork to the printer on time and i realized they have these huge schedules and they have all these other jobs and if you were right. late it just compounded the problems on the other end if you have no room for any errors in case something went wrong and i remember that our printer that we worked with for so many years always said you're the only client I have that always turns in the projects on time or before. I really appreciate that. And he always did extra stuff for us. And when there was problems, they just covered it. Uh, exactly. When they needed extra paper, they'd go steal it from somebody else and use it. So you knew that that came back to you in many different ways. So very simple concept, great way to go through life. Let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talked about being a car guy since you're about four years old. Is there a pivotal moment at that time when you were that young where you really realized that I am indeed a car guy. Well, yeah, it, it all really started. My my late brother, Ray, was 13 years older than me. Mm. So, and he, in high school, he worked hard at side jobs. He saved money. And in 1969, or 1960, he brought home a brand new Oldsmobile 98 convertible. Oh, wow. Oh, oh wow, yes. Uh, white, blue top, blue interior, a stunning car. Yeah. And I'm four years old, very impressionable age. Then in summer, he put the top down, 
He packed me up in it. He'd take me over to the to the local A and W root beer, or just cruise around with me. Absolute heaven. <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes yeah, sometimes he'd take me to school in it, that sort of thing. Yeah. If you ever want a four or five year old to feel like a king, take him somewhere in a convertible, and that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. And and from there on in, I was just kind of hooked. Uh, reading Road and Track and Sports Car Graphic as a kid in the '60s. And just consumed with cars, drawing cars, living and breathing cars, building models, everything. So it really became a, a part of me, and um, it just carried on over into everything else. Yeah, you sent me a picture of, uh, of you as a little boy standing next to your brother's car, I believe. That's the car. Yeah, what a great picture that was. I mean, it's just it's iconic in a sense of just the look and feel. Now that I know a little bit more behind the story of your brother and that car, wow, what some special memories. And having an older brother that is that much older that can kind of be a mentor to you and somebody to look up to, even extra special. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Tom, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and have you talk about a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. The, the great thing about sharing these situations is it helps others who might be going through the same thing. So walk us through that painful moment, but even more importantly, what did it teach you so you can move forward? Well, really, the the biggest challenge I've ever faced in in the automotive business is writing my first book, the complete book of American Muscle Supercars. Darren Holmstrom, the acquisitions editor from Motor Books, really called me out of the clear blue last March and said, "Hey, you want to write a book?" Wow! And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's been a guest on the show, by the way. Oh, and he's a fantastic writer and just a great person. Yeah. As everybody with with Motor Books has been to me. And I was kind of reluctant. I, I knew it would be a huge challenge. We're talking over 100,000 words, uh, a lot of photographs to act, to acquire and, and sort and caption. But I took it. And so we started the process in, in April. My first interview was with Reeves Calloway. And then we discovered my mother-in-law had cancer. Oh, no. Uh. And, yes, so it was every night visiting her in the hospital, yeah. uh, visiting her in the nursing home and the rehab facilities, and between working you know, over 40 hours, 50 hours a week, and then doing this on top of it, and then trying to write a book. It was an extreme challenge, but thankfully I get six weeks of vacation, another benefit of working with somebody for 40 years, <laughs> Yeah, and, and I used it all up, and um, by Thanksgiving, which was the deadline for the text, I got it done. Wow. And I guess what really was made me proud was, was that Darwin and Jordan uh, Wickland, their uh, project manager, both said, the text is fantastic. We hardly have to mess with it. It went into the book almost the way I wrote it. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. Yeah, taking on a book project, you know, creating books or writing books, it seems to be a lot of people's fantasy. But when they get into the reality of it, it is a massive undertaking. And when you combine the historical references and imagery you had to put into the book, and then, you know, bless your poor mother-in-law, I'm so sorry to hear that, uh, having to have a, a family catastrophe like that, I mean, all those elements, I don't know how you did it, but it really is an awesome book. It's so fun. And I'll let our listeners know what's really cool about this book. On the cover, there's two cars, a Camaro and a Shelby Mustang. And the hoods open up and you can see the engines. It's like one of those little die cut books you have for kids, but it's so cool. I've never seen that. And I've got a lot of car books. Uh, nice little element that the folks at Motor Books added into it. And I understand that was a surprise to you. Absolutely. I have no clue. I had seen the digital layout of the book. I had seen the cover concept. But when I first got the book, which was just a little over a month ago, I was totally shocked. <laughs> and that was really a nice gift. 
you know, for a rookie writer, they have made me feel like, you know, I'm just a real expert at this. And it wasn't an easy process for me. Even just organizing the book initially took a few weeks because I've never done one before. Right. And um, they helped me through the process. They they made me look good. And I, I can't thank them enough. Yeah, the folks at Motorbooks, they publish some fantastic books. I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah who have worked with them and uh, published books, written books, photography books, detail books. I mean, they're just a fantastic publisher. So we thank them for uh, their involvement. And again, we're going to give one of these away to a, a lucky Cars Yeah subscriber. So that's very cool too. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's one of those times when you kind of realize there's a new path to go down. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Well, really, was writing my first magazine article, and I've done between photographing vehicles, writing stories, and doing complete packages of, of both, probably over 800 since 1983, but the first one was in 1983. Uh, I had just decided, again, I was on strike, let's try something different, just in case, either as a backup or just as a, a, an extra supplemental income, mm-hmm. and Peterson Publishing back then was the largest magazine publisher in the world, not just automotive magazines. You know, they did Hot Rod and Car Craft and Sports Car Graphic and all of these others, but they were just the largest magazine publisher in the world. Mm. And I knew there wouldn't be a chance of writing for Hot Rod or Car Craft, but they came up with a new magazine called Circle Track. And that was really one of my expertises at the time, especially. I was very into short track, oval track racing. And I decided, well, let's try doing a story for them knowing they'd probably need contributors and material, being a new publication. Mm-hmm. And first article, boom, it sold. Nice. It sold for a pretty nice price I for that time. Yeah. And it just um, took off from there. I started doing them, a lot more stories for them. I started doing vintage race car stories for them, combining my love of history with my love of race cars mm-hmm. and my love of people. And a lot of these people were either underappreciated or maybe these were stories that nobody had ever heard before. Mm. And that was really, that really resonated with me, was telling stories, not just about cars, not just about specs and horsepower and things like that, but the people behind them. Mm-hmm. And that's become kind of an interest in, and kind of a theme in many of my stories over the years, and especially now with the book. It's about the people as much as it is the vehicles. There's some great takeaways I hear from this. One is you turned uh, lemons into lemonade with a, a business strike, a long strike. Right. And like you said, instead of sitting around just waiting for things to change, you decided, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna take on something I've never done before. Uh, it's around my passion, and who knows where it could lead. And my goodness, you look back now, all those articles you've written and now a book, absolutely fantastic. So for those folks out there, if you have a, a full-time job and you're not quite doing what you want to do, find a way to use those extra hours in the day. Early mornings, evenings, weekends, instead of watching TV or doing whatever uh, is wasting time, do something that's fun and you never know where it can go and, and where it can lead. So great story. Now, how about proudest career moment? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out for you? Well, again, publishing that first magazine article just was wow. Yeah. Hey, I did it, you know. And a few years back, my wife found that magazine made a, a beautiful digital copy of the, the first page of it, framed it, and put my first $20 earned in, <laughs> in photography in that. Oh, cool. And that was just a huge moment. But really, totally was, was publishing my first book at age 60 with Motor Books. 
Yeah. Uh, I still look at it, and it, you know, it's been out now for a little over a month, and I just go, wow, yeah. we did it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was in Chicago over the weekend at the uh, Muscle Car and Corvette National signing books with some other authors from Motor Books. Oh, and, fun. Uh, it really was fun, and it really was just um, just the icing on the cake from this whole process. Yeah. You think there'll be another one down the road? Oh, absolutely. In awesome. fact, uh, I finished writing it just before Labor Day, mm-hmm. and the photography was just completed recently. It's uh, if I can if I can drop a name, it's called the uh, the Art of Mopar. Ooh, cool. Tom Loser did the uh, the photography. It's twenty five cars from the Brothers Collection. Ranging from 1963 to today's Hellcats. It's going to be a fun book. All right. Well, congratulations for that, too. Thanks. No stopping you. A lot of people at age 60 would start saying, well, retirement's coming, time to sit around, but I don't think you're ever going to sit around, Tom. So No, I, I'd like to retire, but I won't sit around. Maybe I'll work on books more. Th- yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. Share with me your first really special car. You shared your, your brother's first really special car, but your right. first really special car. Maybe you have a memory about that vehicle you'd like to share. Absolutely. It was... Uh, my 1970 Plymouth Duster 340. Ah, the Duster, yeah. Yeah, my first car. I had worked for about a year, saved up enough money, paid a whole $1,400 for this car. This is in 1975. Mm-hmm. So the muscle car era was kind of over, and you could buy these cars fairly inexpensively. My friends all had Mopars also. We used to line up all of our cars in the front row of the local big boy, and it was out facing Highway 100, who's our that was our Woodward Avenue here in Milwaukee, uh-huh. and uh, just intimidating as heck with all of these <laughs> high-performance 440s and uh, Roadrunners and my Duster, and uh, it was a fun time. And that, that whole summer, we did a little, um, I guess, extracurricular activity on, on the highway with those cars, and that Duster was, you know, it didn't look like a big-time muscle car. It was dark burned orange metallic, which people call root beer, uh-huh. black vinyl top. So it didn't have the flashy stripes and spoilers and things, but it beat nine out of ten cars that I raced that, that summer. And the sleeper. The tenth car was a 427 Corvette that oh, well. this little duster would hang in there with up until about um, 50 miles an hour, and then that big block just kind of walked yeah, away. Yeah, So it was a blast. Sounds like it. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned in your lifetime that you've let go that you really wish you had back? Yeah, that's the one. That's really the one. You know, the gas prices went over a dollar. The oil embargo started happening. The insurance was astronomical. Yeah. And it just didn't make sense anymore. But after all these years of going to car shows and things, I've never seen another one in that color combination. And it was such a blast. So I'll take that one back anytime. Well, let's talk a little bit more about current projects, what has you really excited and fired up. Obviously, this new book, if you want to mention that again or talk a little bit more about it, but also this book that you've just produced, The Complete Book of American Muscle Supercars. This is a really cool book. It's 224 pages. It's 10 inches by 13 in size. I mean, this is like a coffee table kind of book. I mentioned that the uh, the cars on the, the overhead shot of the cars, the hoods open up. You can see the engines inside. So maybe touch a little bit more on this book, maybe a couple uh, stories or two about some of these people you covered because you mentioned Reeves Calloway. He's been a guest on the show here on Cars. Yeah, getting to interview him first must have been pretty darn cool. Well, I've known Reeves probably since the early 90s when the, they were building the Calloway twin turbo Corvettes for Chevrolet. Mm-hmm. And he's always been really open to me. Here's a guy that's really successful in, in many businesses, and he's always got the time for me. So to write my first sample chapter, I thought, okay, let's let's talk to Reeves. And he gave me about a 45-minute interview that was just phenomenal. Yeah. And it just kind of took it 
took it from there. My intent with the with the book was not just to people think of supercars, they think of the '60s, and then it kind of stops in 1971 or '72, and that's it. Well, I wanted to touch on those cars, but we've been building pretty special cars here in the United States since then, mm-hmm. even from the '80s on. So. You know, I covered cars that most books never thought of covering. Again, the Callaways, Celines, uh, the SLP-built Firehawk Firebirds and Camaro SSs, mm-hmm. things like that. And some of the people that were involved in those cars gave me interviews and gave me photographs that have never been seen before. Nice. Yes, exactly. And these are stories that I really wanted to to bring out more than rehashing the 60s again, you know. It is really fascinating to me and in, in looking through it, and I haven't had a chance to read every word in the book, but I've read some of the chapters and some of the little minute details and things I found are really, really fascinating about these uh, designers and builders. So uh, again, I would encourage our listeners to get your hands on this book. Holidays are coming, so write a note to Santa Claus. It'd be a great book to put under the tree or give as a gift to a buddy or a friend who really loves cars. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Tom. If you were a car, what kind of car would Tom be? And why? Well, probably a 1967 Plymouth Belvedere Hemi. Oh, wow. That's pretty specific. Okay. Well, why really, is that? <laughs> really, really unassuming on the outside. You could pass it for grandma's car. You could pass it off as a taxi. You would ignore it and miss it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, open up the hood and you go, oh, very interesting. And then you twist the key and wow. Yeah. And that's kind of me. I'm very introspective. I'm quiet. But... um Once you open the hood, hopefully I'm fairly interesting. (laughs) I think so. Very nicely said. I like the way you answered that. So, Tom, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them market Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN 
Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Tom, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Get a contract. (laughs) And I ignored that. I had a beautiful 1967 uh, Plymouth satellite convertible. Had uh, someone who I thought was a reputable company try to restore it a little bit, fix up the paint. I mm-hmm. uh, lost a huge, most of my life savings at that time. And um, never think a handshake is enough. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's always best to get it in writing so both sides are very clear about what the expectations are. Absolutely. Now, how about a personal habit? Would you share one that you believe has helped contribute to your success? Well, it's really the desire to exceed expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to tell stories of people that, that history forgot. You know, I love cars, but it's the people that we've met over the years. I met my wife photographing a car. I've met some of the most fascinating people. And even at the show over the weekend, everybody that came up was just genuine, salt-of-the-earth, wonderful people. Even met somebody from Sweden who came to this show. That's how enthusiastic people are about cars. Yes, absolutely. It always comes back to the people. Every time I have a talk with a guest here on cars, yeah, yeah, it's cars are cool, but it's always about the people and the stories. Well put. Now, how about a resource? There's a lot of great resources these days, but is there one in particular you'd share? Well, there's two. One is my own website, www.glatch.net. A lot of photographs, a lot of stories. Cool. Recently made it very mobile friendly, but also, as doing research, one of the best resources for me is club sites. Mm. These people are passionate. They often have resources that even the factories don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for anything about a particular car, start with the clubs. Yeah, yeah, clubs are great. Gosh, you can learn so much through the people of clubs. Absolutely. Now, how about a book? Obviously, other than this great book, The Complete Book of American Muscle Supercars, is there another book you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes, and it's a book that I also helped contribute to. It's it's called American Muscle Cars, again by Motor Books. This one was written by Darwin Hamstrom, my uh, my acquisitions editor, who's also a phenomenal writer. Mm-hmm. And it's got full of my photos that I've done over the past 25 years or so. How cool. Awesome. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Tom has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com slash Tom Glatch. G-L-A-T-C-H is how you spell his last name. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website, speaking of books, called Guest Recommended Books, where you'll find hundreds and if it's probably over a thousand books now listed by my past guests, all of them for quick, easy clicks to buy. Wonderful reference for you on the Cars yeah website. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Tom, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, Holidays are coming, so I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that vehicle be? And more importantly, why would you choose that car? Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the gift. You're welcome. <laughs> really, it's like, let's say your house is on fire. Which child would you save? Uh, yes, it's hard. I know. <laughs> it, it's it's impossible. And really, I'm not a collector by nature. I'm a pretty uh, pretty non-materialistic person. So, And I love hundreds and hundreds of different cars. Yes. You know? I it know. isn't like I like Fords and not Chevys or Pontiacs or Plymouths or whatever. Mm-hmm. Foreign, domestic, you name it. So I really 
can't pick just one. You have to. Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, Tom, I've had 656 <laughs> guests on the show, and if I let you get away with this, do you know how many people are going to be calling me, screaming at me All on right. the phone? So here's one way to think about this. Just today, because tomorrow you wake up with another car on your mind. So let's just talk about today. We're, we're on December 7th here. So, uh, you know, it's a pretty special day, of course, in, in remembrance of uh, the Pearl Harbor attacks. Yes. Yeah, let's just say today you have to make a decision, okay? okay? I think it would be a brand new Viper. It's the last year of the Viper. They've been around 25 years. Wow. And it's a car that changed a corporation Mm -hmm. dramatically. And people that were at Chrysler at the time, and they were coming back from the, from really from the dead, but they were making K cars and K car derivatives, nothing flashy, (laughs) nothing, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, bam. This Viper is out there, and it changed the direction of the company. I don't know if you'd have things like the Hellcats today without it. So, yeah, to celebrate 25 years of that, I think I'll take a Viper. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, the new and, of course, the the new one, the mighty Viper that they've come out with now that is just insane. Yeah. So, um, let's see. That's the ACR. Something like that. It's got the huge wing, and yeah, yeah it's it's the fastest car in America. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll take one of those. You'll take one. Of, okay, what color would you like that car in? Oh, I think you can get them in Go Mango or something like that. Kind of an orangish, reddish something. Yeah. Yes, they've got. Uh, I think it's striker orange and adrenaline red and billet silver. Some really really fun names: Venom Black, I believe, and uh, Gunmetal. Nice choice, my friend. Wow. Well, you're the first one to pick that car. So uh, I did have um, Alan Taylor on the show from uh, the famous radio show host, and he just got a brand new one of those. So uh, he spoke very highly of it. So you can uh, uh, go and have some um, little drag races with him on the back roads or at the track or something Sounds like fun. that. Yeah, I think so. Well, Tom, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and this new book, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that brand new Viper? (laughs) Sure. Something I've always lived by is God first, family second, everything else third. You're almost guaranteed to have a successful life. And again, success isn't always measured in dollars. It's usually measured in something quite different. Yeah, smiles too. And I think you're going to have big smiles on your face in that Viper for sure. (laughs) You had. Uh, If you could remind us again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Probably on www.glatch.net. Okay, great. I'll make sure that uh, that is listed on your show notes page, links to motor books, and, of course, a way to get your hands on this awesome new book, The Complete Book of American Muscle Supercars. And, of course, one lucky Cars Yes subscriber is going to win a copy. Compliments of Tom. Thank you for doing that. And thank you to Motorbooks for offering to do that as well. So make sure you go to the Cars Yeah website. Click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler-up book as a consolation prize if your name isn't drawn. I encourage you to do that because we're going to be giving a book away in uh, a couple days. So we'll give a little bit of time for people to sign up. Tom, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences and your new book with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!